The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and 12. A total roundup into BYU football and the new look Big 12 Conference. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery for KSL Sports. Hour number two is off and running here on this first edition of First and 12. Mitch Harper, Alex Keery with you. Been a great show thus far. If you want to listen or miss any part of the program, you can subscribe to the show on podcast, kslsports.com, the KSL Sports app. We've got you covered. Of course, you can hear Alex Unrivaled, the podcast there, Cougar Sports Saturday, Cougar Tracks. It's all there on the KSL Sports app. And Alex, we're going to roll out every single week here in this segment power ranking. Oh, so yeah, man. Listeners, scold us. You can tweet at us, X us, whatever you need to do. We're going to give you the weekly rankings. We started off here with week number two. The Big 12 Power Rankings Big Board. A weekly rank of all 12 programs from the elite to the bottom dwellers. Recapping week one here in the power rankings, we're going to start things off at the top. I think there's more suspense as to Who's at the bottom this I think, week? You know, it's not even suspense. It's more who Mitch wanted to slight this week. <laughs> and well, my favorite part is, too, is as the games are going now, knowing that, and this is where our brains are at now, right? Where you go, hey, when we're talking about this on first and 12, where are these rankings going to go? When, when you saw Baylor's performance or when you saw Texas Tech, you start to like turn into like the schoolmaster and you're like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> I'm, you're tumbling. You're going down. Where are you going to end up on the on the big board? I don't know, but uh, depending on how, what Mitch's uh, and, and my level of feistiness is, <laughs> if I don't like you and if I don't like your performance, I'm going to make you tumble down this list. And at week one, I think you were very fair. We went through this list together, and I said, I feel okay about this first effort. And so let's start it off here with number one. The Texas Longhorns, the preseason favorite in the league. I thought what they did against Rice, uh, it was a, it was a solid showing from Texas. Good start for them. Now the big showdowns this week against Alabama. I let you get away with this one this week because I think Texas, as always, and it, look, this comes from a guy born in Austin, Texas. Say, okay, you know, I loved the burnt orange growing up. But I have a really hard time putting Texas at the top of anything, hmm. especially when you have a Kansas State team who is the Big 12, returning Big 12 champs, took care of business week one. They, You said it. Do Look, Coach Kleiman is, is something different, right? And that Kansas State team in Manhattan, they do not care what anybody thinks about them. And that's a powerful thing where you are a forgotten, maybe best team in the conference. That's an interesting position to be in. It's a slight. It's a, it's a chip they always have on their shoulder. And so I'll let you get away this week <laughs> with Texas being number one because they quote unquote took care of business against a decent Rice school. It's like you should beat Rice. You should have been the sixty-six to thirteen game. All right. I mean that. I can't tell you how many times growing up I saw that score line. Right. Some version of that versus. And I know Rice is possibly better. I don't care. Quinn Ewers. I want to. I wanted to see a little bit more. It was a slow start, man. That's the game, though. I believe where you do hold back the playbook. Against rice when you're Texas, go bluebell vanilla flavored ice cream on the old place. Just calling. just vanilla, All right. and they could they still rolled to a huge win over rice. Okay, number two, Kansas State. You brought them up, big defending Big Twelve champs. Yeah, they were dominant against Semo. Will Howard, one of the better quarterbacks, I think, in this conference that that gets slept on quite a bit, and you know, K State. I think that they've got an interesting game this week against Troy. They always have these slip hiccups against teams that you're not expecting. Troy was a 11-win team last year, but 
Kansas State has one of the best offensive lines in college football, and that was on display once again this weekend. Oklahoma, not necessarily shooting up this one because they are a preseason ranked team, even though I thought that was a little bit much, but a 73-0 performance against Arkansas State, that's good enough to keep you right there at that third position. You're going to have to do quite a bit. Brent Venables to be able to kind of push yourself above Kansas State and above Texas and not just have watched other people lose around you. You've got to do something against big teams, and that's something that they had a hard time with. Everybody's got their eyes on Oklahoma because they went 6-7 and seven last year and then are automatically on, you know, ranked again. You're kind of going, I don't necessarily know if that's how I'm supposed to feel about this team, but you know what? 73 points in week one's not bad. Still not sold, though, on the defense. I know it's a shutout, but Butch Jones is Arkansas State team. Crazy to think how far he's fallen in the coaching world. They're terrible at Arkansas State right now. Uh, I will still wait and see on the Sooners' defense going forward. But I will say, hey, Oklahoma, they've actually got, uh, uh, you know, there's so much talk about how they don't have a, a non-conference Power 5 game. They actually do this week, and they're going to play an ACC team in SMU. <laughs> I was like, where's he going with this? How dare you already bring in conference? We told each other we weren't going to talk too much about conference alignment or punting today. And, yeah, here we are. We, our one Ryan Rico's name the came up too much. The third best conference cemented. <laughs> Hey, Dylan Gabriel, by the way, yesterday, 19 for 22 for 300 yards. His replacement, it just, you know, just in the, in the beat up, Jackson Arnold threw 11 for 11 for 114 yards. They combined for a 30 for 33 performance. That's like, you know, a combined shot, a combined no hitter in baseball kind of a thing. That was impressive by he, both those dudes. Five star recruit, Arnold's the future. If, if Gabriel ever has a moment where he doesn't look great, Step right in, Arnold. He's, he's the future for the Sooners. Okay. Number four, TCU. You're okay putting them there even with the loss to Colorado? Because Colorado's so dang good, man. Yeah, well, and I think that their offense, TCU's, uh, the speed was still on display. Uh, Kendall Bryles, the tempo. I like what they did on offense. It, there's just questions about the defense for TCU. But I think they, they deserve to be at four. You shouldn't be punished for challenging yourself in non-conference. I, I I always respect that to take the risk of playing a team. I know it was Colorado. You think that should have never been a risk, but Coach Prime changed that thing overnight, so I'm okay with TCU at four. Uh, UCF at five. That's an aggressive look. We both decide on these numbers at the end, and you know when we both sort of signed off on this one, it's an aggressive move, but certainly UCF – a really good performance. Gus Malzahn is not anybody to mess with coaching-wise. He's a big-time coach. They already feel like they're in a big-time place. They've played like that over the dec- over the last decade. And so I think that's a team that could shock some people. And, and, and you saw some of these other folks that should have been performing, and they didn't. And so UCF takes that 5 They've spot. got Power 5 size already. And, and I think that Gus Malzahn has, in this ramp-up phase over the past 21, month, 21 months to get ready for this conference, they have built up their depth. And they, there was a reason that they were the – preseason highest ranked newcomer in the league They're, they think I think they've got the best overall depth out of the newcomers and I think five is is fair for them coming into week one uh number six Kansas they make a little bit of a jump but partly because of the lack of performance maybe the teams that are now behind them but Kansas was impressive week one who knows what that really means and again Jalen Daniels is supposed to be the best player in the entire dang conference and who knows how long he'll be out but that's actually a good a good that's good news for Kansas knowing that they're still performing the strength of their quarterback unit I think gives them the stability that no matter if Jalen Daniels is out they can turn to Jason Bean and know they're still an operation that performs at a high level number seven Oklahoma State they won it was a you know lackluster performance against Central Arkansas still kind of curious as to how they kind of fill things out with their offensive line. A lot of changes there, a lot of 
personnel overhaul with so many players leaving in the transfer portal. That wasn't the greatest start, but there wasn't many great performances from the league at large this week. So I'll go with Oklahoma State at seven, kind of just the in the middle of the pack. And it's more of a kind of buying stock that Mike Gundy always will turn it around and, and, and kind of get the most out of his group. Uh, Mitch writes these up, by the way, every week after we do this. He does a write-up. You can see what the power rankings are. This is a living list, and we're going to be going all season long. It's going to be interesting to see where everybody ends up and how this thing ends up re-ranking itself throughout the season. Uh, Texas Tech was a team that probably tumbled a few spots, obviously. Well, not obviously. They lost in double overtime at Wyoming. That's a team that should have taken care of business in week one, and they have, they've been high on a lot of people's boards for not a lot of reasons, except for that Texas Tech typically is under, they're just sort of overlooked, I guess. And uh, in this case, they overlooked Wyoming, and that's why they're going to tumble down the list. It was a disappointing performance for Texas Tech because you wanted to see them, if they were truly a Big 12 title contender team, they were going to go in there and, yeah, maybe get a scare from Wyoming. I think people expected that. But to still take care of business and and not have the mistakes. And they kind of shot themselves in the foot at large part. And so many missed field goals, too. And when the margins are so tight in this conference, you've got to have some strength at kicker. And Because we saw that last year with TCU, how many close calls they had. They turned to the kicking game and were able to get a win. Houston at 9 and then BYU at 10. Did they basically stay exactly around where people had them? I think so. Maybe a little bit lower than I had them. I had them at nine in the preseason. But I think you can say a win's a win. you got to shut out. The defensive stock rises up. Offensive trending down a little bit. But you like what Jay Hill's bringing to the defense. Cincinnati 11. Iowa State with a lot of guys who are going to be out because of the gambling allegations. And you're likely going to see those guys not just out. There might be some guys who lose their eligibility forever in college football after the NCAA has to make that decision on those guys. They're at 12, but a decent performance out of the gate. West Virginia, 13. Look at them climbing the board with a loss <laughs> at at uh, at State College there at Penn State. What does that mean number 14 is then, Mitch? The Baylor Bears. Hey, now. I didn't think I'd be saying this. I was high on Baylor coming into the season, and look, I still think Dave Aranda could turn it around, but after losing to Texas State, that's Texas State's first ever Power 5 win. That's inexcusable. You can't have that happen at home. That is a missed opportunity out of the gate. So, Baylor, someone's got to fit into that 14 spot. It's got to be you this week after losing to the fight in San Marcos. Bobcats, <laughs> Texas State. Come on now. Uh, we do have a lot still to go around the corner. We are going to take our break here. The rest of this hour, we, we're going to look at the rest of the Big 12, a Big 12 sound uh, roundup. We also have our four corners whip around. See what everybody else here did regionally. And, man, you know what's going to be fun is kind of like penciling in some of these guys in the power rankings across uh, this this region when these other teams under the Big 12. For Mitch Harper, Alex Curie, we are going to be back. More to go right here. It is first and 12 right here on KSL News Radio and on the KSL Sports Zone. Stay with us. Wow! Do you believe that? Huh? Who said I didn't believe oh, before? No, no, no. I read through that bull junk you wrote. I, I read through that. I sifted what, through what all that. Write? Yeah. What did I write? What did I write? Oh, no. Come Can on. I ask my question? Do you believe? In what? You don't believe. I do believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. <laughs> Next question. What's up, boss? You believe that? <laughs> of all the. <laughs> 
Everything that Prime says should be a t-shirt. Welcome back. It is first and 12. You believe now? Do you think part of him says these lines for that purpose, for the t-shirt, for the apparel, He's for the all, branding? Can you get a ski jacket made with, do you believe now? <laughs> we coming. I know, I, right, I now, he can, right now he can already put, we here. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, man, I know it's early, but Coach Prime, not in the Big 12 yet. He will be next year, of course. This is kind of a an interesting one here because TCU – National championship appearance last year, Big 12 regular season champs, and they lose to Colorado at home in one of the most entertaining games maybe of the entire college football season, certainly I think all year all, all year so far of this uh, very, very early college football season. But first and 12, Alex Keery, Mitch Harper, thanks for being with us on the KSL Sports Zone and KSL News Radio. Every Sunday morning, you're going to be able to get it. We'll uh, get this thing for you and all packaged up, and you can download the podcast as well. Getting that fired up today. We're so excited for the show. One of our favorite things that we're able to do right now. You already heard a little bit of a taste to it, but it is our Big 12 Sound Roundup, and that's where we're going to start things off right here. The Big 12 Sound Roundup. Check one, two. The best bites, cheap shots, and excuses from the week's post-game news conferences. Let's go right back to Coach Prime here a little bit more in uh, in a little bit longer form, but this is Coach Prime after the game, less fired up at the one single reporter who... <laughs> was not as nice to him, but uh, this one was just kind of his reaction right after they had just defeated TCU. His son, Shadur Sanders, 510 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, but 38 for 47. Impressive performance. They they were outstanding, and Coach Prime clearly pretty excited. Wonderful game, wonderful beginning, intriguing, passionate, purposeful. It was all of that. We had some uh, guys that singled themselves out with their playing and their playing ability. A lot of guys you doubted. One of them from HBCU. I think he had uh, 510 yards passing in a Power 5 football game. And he happened to be my son. And I'm proud of him tremendously. Uh, Defensively, we had some letdowns, but the guys came and made the plays when they needed I think we broke a record. Everything we do seems like a record. Four receivers with 100 yards. Uh, we didn't run the ball greatly, but we, we threw the heck out of the football. Um, Savion, another back, played a, a great game. All the guys contributed, Dylan as well as uh, Hankerson. The line did their thing, fought their butts off. We got to fix some things on defense, especially special teams, because I think we gave up uh, three or four turnovers we gave up the kickoff we had a a, a fumble uh, a couple other things happened in the first half but hats off to the opposing team their coach greatly uh, I th- believe their head coach I, I love him to life what he did turning the program around at SMU as well as uh, here last year good man I had a moment with him in the middle of the field when one of the guys were injured just to let him know how much I appreciate him how much I respect him for what he's accomplished and I and I, I really look up to him he's a good man and his team is well coached today let's have some questions so I can go back and enjoy myself with my kids can't remember his name but good dude <laughs> <laughs> so Coach I know Prime's that, unique man I know this is a first and 12 but I will say this is a first for me too that's a press conference I've never seen the likes of before no I mean it felt UFC-ish <laughs> almost right I mean not just the interaction with the with the with the reporters, Mitch, but it's also just like this this whole attitude, the whole room 
I mean, could you imagine? There's not a place in college football that that people wanted to be more in that moment than was finding out that finding out what uh, Coach Prime thought. Colorado is an absolute terrible program, and this guy, week one, game one, has made it relevant. Are they going to get some uh, some AP votes today? Do you think? No question, they should. <laughs> I, I, I would honestly put them probably top fifteen. Oh my! Because if you're in, if you're doing the poll, tear it down, just start from scratch. That was one of the best wins of the week, and for the small sample size, if you just go based off one week, that was a great performance. When you got top end talent like they do, five star blue chip athletes, th- that's a team that's that's going to be good. It's a little bit boomer bust with their offense. Because Sean Lewis, that high tempo, can it last for 12 games? But what an impressive debut. And let me just say, Alex, I hope we're talking about this guy in the Big 12 next year because that he doesn't get if he already. gets uh-huh. 10 wins, I mean, you know, if, if any SEC opening happens and he this guy gets 8 to 10 wins, I mean, look, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but you got to imagine he is going to be the guy that every coaching search is going to want to kick the tires on and find out if he's interested. I got to think he wants to steal coach's son, Shador, who was outstanding with the 5'10 from an HBCU and tore it up in a P5 game. Happy to be my son. (laughs) It was a unique press conference. I love that attitude and energy. He embodies the new Big 12. Brett Yormark had a press conference on Friday with TCU and Colorado administrators, and you can just tell the the energy that – Prime brings, it's kind of like what your mark wants in this right. conference where it appeals to the younger audience because everything he says, it becomes viral. It becomes a TikTok. It becomes a Instagram reel. He's just he's just that quotable, and that's what makes Prime in Colorado so fascinating. One of the coaches who had some splaining to do after uh, their first loss of the season, Joey McGuire, head coach of Texas Tech, explaining what happened with that loss in double overtime at Wyoming. Came out, started really fast, um, and then we allowed them to get back in the game. Hats off to Wyoming of uh, playing, you know, playing so hard, playing into overtime. Um, you know, you, you look in that second quarter, really the third quarter too, I mean, we just self-inflicted wounds. I said that at halftime to the guys, you know, too many penalties that continue drives. And, you know, a lot of going into all week, we talked about, you know, eliminating bad football. A lot of times in week one, whenever you're sitting there looking, watching teams, watching tonight, you know, you get some uh, you get some penalties that you don't want to have and uh, timing's uh, not where you want it to be. And, man, I thought we came out and we played uh, really fast and played really hard. And, uh, man, we just – I don't know how we got out of whack. It's on me. We just got to figure it out. Um going this next week. That was Texas Tech coach Joey McGuire. The the biggest, I guess you could say, loser of the week was Baylor, who lost to Texas State at home on the banks of the Brazos. Here's Dave Aranda after the loss. I'm very disappointed with tonight, and um, you know it's a uh, it's a disappointed locker room, and you know just um, throughout camp, just talking about how many games are lost early in the season rather than one, and um, it's, it's hard to talk about that because I don't want that to be in, taken in any way, you know, anything away from Texas State. I thought that the energy they played with and the penetration they got and the, ex- the excitement that they played with um, was, really, was really strong, and they've got really great playmakers, and I thought they dialed stuff up and um, was able to hit things when they wanted them and got matchups and all of that. Um, I say what I say because, um, you know, the third downs that we got in that first drive, 
or their first couple drives were, um, I think, however many third downs we had and then fourth downs we had and opportunities to get off the field and then you know, however, however many to-goes we had, uh, goal to goal. And, um, you know, we, we have uh, um, um, penalties where the ball's got moved back or we give the ball away. And so there's all these opportunities that we had that we did not capitalize on. And I take responsibility for that. You know, I, so much of it is we preach that and we try to be in position to uh, not beat ourselves. And I just felt that uh, I failed to do that. I failed to, to put the team in the best position to do that. And, Dave Aranda explaining himself after that loss to uh, uh, to Texas State down there in Waco. Maybe the uh, worst loss of all of college football over the weekend in terms of upsets. Certainly, uh, that's one that you got to take and you got to figure out what they're going to do. And by the way, Utah heads down to Waco next week. Speaking of Utah, we got our four corners whip around. We are going to come back and give you a little bit of an idea of what here regionally, all these other schools that are going to be coming to the Big 12, what they did over the weekend. We already chat a little bit about uh, of course, Colorado, but more to go here regionally about what these teams are doing who are going to be in the Pac-12 this year and they're going to be moving over to the Big 12 next year. It is first and 12 right here on KSL News Radio and on the KSL Sports Zone. You can download the podcast wherever podcasts are found. Mitch Harper, Alex Curie, every Sunday right here, giving you a wrap-up of all things Big 12 and give you a, a look ahead also in the conference. Stay right here on your program, 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone and 102.7 FM on KSL News Radio. Back around the corner, more to go. The Four Corners Whip Around. Whip Around. We check on future Big 12 opponents and rivals from the Four Corners. First and 12, Mitch Harper, Alex Keery checking in on the Four Corners. That's right, the new members of the Big 12 that'll be joining August 2nd, 2024. So still a year away, but we're keeping tabs on these teams and their preparation for Big 12 play. They're all in the Pac 12 effectively the last year of the Pac-12. What are you talking only, about? Only two teams left in the Pac. You don't think uh, they're going to build around that? Uh, why can't... Look, look. Gloria Navarro is in an interesting position right now in the uh, in the Mountain West, right? She is. Where you can go, let's just... We will bring all of our teams to the Pac-12, and we'll call it the Pac-12. Why can't she... I mean, come on. It's already there. That brand is way bigger than the Mountain West. And you'd get the NCAA tournament units and the bowl money and the playoff share for one year. Might, be the, saying, mo- might be the me, move. Put me on the board. Let me make decisions <laughs> like this. Okay. But the teams that are in the Pac-12 right now, four of them are going to be leaving for the Big 12 next year. That's Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, who we've talked about a lot, and the Utah Utes here locally. Let's start off with the Utes, who just crushed Florida. I thought Florida looked like an FCS team compared to Utah. Utah had eight starters out for the game. Everyone knew Cam Rising was banged up, and it was unlikely he was going to play. Bryson Barnes gets the start. Some of the other injuries, though, kind of a little bit more under the radar that were not as well documented, but uh, Utah not no not phased. Florida played poor. Utah was outstanding as they beat Florida 24-11. to You know, the Utah game, I mean, we broke it down so much this week on on the KSL Sports Zone, and obviously you can hear those breakdowns all throughout the rest of the week on our station because Utah getting ready for Baylor is going to be very interesting also. I think Utah fans are going, look, we wanted to figure out how we could sneak out of those first three games and somehow go 3-0 and without Cam Rising, possibly. From all I've heard, Mitch, and this is something that I got from somebody this week, is that Cam Rising was actually very close and that he is, and we saw already obviously the stories that he's going to be working without limitations in, uh, at practice this week. Maybe you keep him 
on the sidelines for week two because Baylor, I don't know how much pride they're going to have getting back into this thing, but I don't just, I just don't know if they have the talent. Utah barely had a, a soul showing up of all of their all-conference, all-American possibilities, all these guys, and they still were able to embarrass Florida on the at least the defensive side of things, which is where Baylor struggles. They can't freaking score against Texas State. And so if you think that there was a low out uh, scoring output by uh, Florida last week, it's going to be a really low one by Baylor if they even get close to making that type of performance next week. But the, the Baylor Bear fan base is going to be scared out of their minds with the Utes coming to town. Well, and I think Utah's going to look at it from the standpoint of they want to get to that 14 playoff. Whittingham has said consistently this year that this is maybe one of the more talented teams ever in his tenure this was the 12-team playoff, maybe you do say with Cam Rising, let's just hold off a couple more weeks and then bring you back to full strength. But in the 14 playoff era, if you feel like you got a chance to make a run at that thing, uh, you got to go all in. And I think you got to play Cam Rising next week down in Waco. Arizona State had a unusual game. I don't know if you stayed up late for that one. It didn't finish until about 2 a.m. local time. It was a, a Thursday night game that ended in the early hours of Friday. So it was in a way Big 12 after after dark. They it beat Southern Utah 24-21, to the debut of Jaden Rashada as the quarterback for the Sun Devils. I, look, they got a bowl ban moments before the season started. That's a bummer it felt for like. Kenny Dillingham, right? It, it's it's a transition year for them. It's a tough situation. I don't expect much from ASU. They don't want to be in the Big Twelve. It seems like, but they're going to be. And I, I just I don't have many expectations from this group this season. Uh, you know, I mean, look, <laughs> Kenny Dillingham. I like his attitude, though. And you know that delay just absolutely killed him. I mean, they were looking okay. But the delay, they came out so dadgum flat. This has implications, of course, too, because BYU, uh, you know, played uh, or is playing SUU next week. And, and and by the way, that's a good SUU team. And I think that they've kind of changed the culture there. I'm not going to try to act like this is, you know. Uh, good quarterback, though, Justin Miller. I think Justin Miller is really good. And I'll tell you, too, they're going to come in on the back of this and go, look, they're going to watch that film and go, why can't we do all of those things that uh, – that the folks did uh, from Sam Houston to BYU. Why not? And you're not going to necessarily steal a win away, but a 24, 21 uh, outcome for SUU is as good as it gets for them. And, and ASU, it's a start. You know what I mean? It's a Kelly, Kenny Dillingham era. They got to figure some things out. It's a real bummer, especially because he has to be punished for, for the sins of, of Herm Edwards, Arizona. I thought had a nice start 38 to three win over Northern Arizona, Jaden Delora, 285 yards, you know, Jet Fish, when he took over in 2021, that was a total teardown rebuild from the ground up. And I think every single year you're seeing growth. I mean, it's, it's northern Arizona, but year three of the Jet Fish build, I feel like it's a little bit ahead of schedule than where I envision with this program. I think they're trending up as they build for the Big 12. I've been to uh, these Pac-12 media days since Jed Fish came in in his first year. And Scott Mitchell and I have always talked about how impressed we are with what that guy's done, with how little he had, right? What his ability is is he can recruit better than most at a school that nobody wants to go to, but they are climbing the charts on that recruiting side of things. The Wildcats are absolutely uh, where they need to be right now. We talked a little bit about TCU and that win, of course, uh, that uh, Colorado got over TCU. That was the big one over the weekend, but those – you got to be high on what these teams are doing. The ones that are coming in, 
Colorado's a pleasant surprise. Arizona State, they are what they are because of the problems that they've had in that program. Arizona's on the way up, and Utah could be the best of the entire group, top to bottom. I'm saying even of the new Hmm. Big 12 and the old Big 12 all combined. Even Texas and Oklahoma in that conversation as well. I'll say that. that. That's a take right there. Why not? Why not? Utah's got a, an identity that's consistent. That's one thing that the current Big 12 lacks. And you saw that with Baylor. You saw that with Texas Tech. Where Utah, you know what you're getting week after week. And that was evident once again with Florida. Next, wrapping things up with a look at the week ahead in the Big 12. The schedule will be opened. And we will be able to look and see what those top games are for next week. So stay right here. It is first and 12, 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone and KSL News Radio. The week ahead. Matchups that have us the most excited about the week to come in the Big 12. Week 1 is in the rear view. It's now time to look ahead to Week 2. And it's a loaded slate. We get into the thick of non-conference matchups in the Big 12 Conference. Starting off with an intriguing Friday night tilt. Illinois and Brett Bielema go to Kansas. We'll see what happens with Jalen Daniels in his back. ESPN 2 game, Kansas and the Illini. Uh, looking forward to that one because that's actually two uh, Power 5 teams. Do we call them Power 5 teams anymore? Power <laughs> conference teams, right? So, yeah. but uh, Illinois was a was a tough out in the Big Ten last year. They lost a lot of personnel, but that is going to be uh, – it's, it's kind of both teams are similar in the sense where – they're usually perennial bottom feeders are looking to level up in their respective leagues. Uh, the most important ones to, to the folks, I think, here locally, of course, it's a Big 12 matchup and a future Big 12 opponent. Mm-hmm. Baylor and Utah, that's going to be your first one. That's a 10 a.m. kick right here in Mountain Time. Ute fans waking up early trying to figure out what's going on, but uh, that's a fun one for folks who are going to make that trip down there. You've been down to Waco. I've been to Waco before. That's a cool little stadium. Uh, I didn't want to go full Florida on that one. It's a it's a Fun little stadium you have here. No, it's a little it, uh, stadium. <laughs> it is a, it is definitely smaller, but it is a. I mean, it's a cool atmosphere. It I is. think they do a great job down there, Baylor. Yeah, Utah and Baylor will be a a very intriguing game to see again how Cam Rising if he gives it a go, and also just the bounce back of Baylor. Do they do they let the season kind of the wheels fall off potentially in week two? Southern Utah plays BYU one o'clock. On KSL News Radio, it'll also be on ESPN Plus. So Cougar fans wanting to watch the game, you're gonna have to sign up for ESPN Plus and stream that thing. 1 p.m. Cougars gonna host the T-Birds. BYU's never lost to an FCS team. They've they've kind of been in a way FCS proof, but at the same time, Southern Utah, as we talked about in the previous segment, gave Arizona State a run for their money in a comeback effort. So BYU just gotta take care of business and make sure to. A little bit more explosive offense than they had last night against Sam. When Southern Utah, when a team like Southern Utah has back-to-back big power conference teams, I'm not to say like Arizona uh, State or BYU are your Texas and Oklahoma's, but that wears on a on a sure. on an FCS team. Smaller uh, guys typically a coaching staff that absolutely sells out to try to get that win, and then they have to turn right back around and do the same thing. But that's what it is. The advantage is if you're if you're a team like uh, like Southern Utah, you go. We have zero to lose. In fact, we're making money on this thing. So it's a win-win for them. They're going back-to-back uh, million-dollar weekends. So not a bad not a bad gig for uh, for Southern Utah over this next one. But, yeah, that's a 1 p.m. kick, middle of the day at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and uh, looking forward to that one. Kansas State uh, hosting Troy. That's another uh, 10 a.m. one. Troy's offense has been uh, – 
pretty explosive over the years. And I do think that Kansas State just goes in there and just absolutely blows the doors off. I wouldn't expect anything different. You think so? Why Troy, not? Troy was an 11-win team last year. They uh, were, uh, Kansas State typically has some hiccups here. But, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm buying in to this K-State team. But I, I just think they, the, the history of K-State says they drop some random head-scratcher that you don't expect in non-conference, but 10 a.m. on FS1. Iowa State, Iowa. In you know, Iowa had nobody playing in this game. By the way, <laughs> it's like everybody, everybody. Don't take any under or over. The joke, the gambling jokes are going to be in full effect because both teams are missing guys because the NCAA is uh, slapping their hands for betting. Will Vegas even have a line on this? You're one? not allowed. Not allowed anymore. Not allowed. I would imagine that uh, the betting houses. I mean, this is something that happens. They will absolutely go after these kids if they are if, indeed, and that's what it looks like is that they've been they've been uh, cheating the system somehow, and that's the wild thing about all this is that uh, both of these teams are going to be missing us. But top twenty five Iowa team who just came off of a twenty four fourteen uh, win over Utah State at explosive home. too, and and on offense in that first quarter they had seventeen points. They got to get. They got to get like Iowa twenty four points explosive for Iowa. Come on, if they have a pulse, that's that's a good thing for them because they got a lights out defense. Uh, Iowa State though defensively, TJ Tampa defensive back, very good, one of the best safeties in the Big Twelve. Uh, I, I love the back end of the Iowa State defense, so they're still stout on the defensive side. Uh, Oklahoma SMU, the uh, Mustangs coming into Norman to see how uh, they can fare after a 73-point output by Oklahoma last week. SMU fresh off of uh, going to the ACC (laughs) and taking uh, no money for the next 14 years or whatever it is, basically paying to be a member of a power conference. Why not? Do you think that cuts into the Big 12, uh, TCU, the footprint? Do you think they can have some maybe oxygen in that program by going to the ACC or just not having that money? Having lived in that area... And even seeing SMU during years where they're where they've been pretty good, SMU does not command just because they're in Dallas does yeah. not mean they have the Dallas market. TCU owns more of that. I think there will be something to that, and I hope that it does make football a little bit bigger in that sense. Uh, SMU uh, is not TCU. It's certainly not Texas, Oklahoma, or any of those other teams. West Virginia plays Duquesne at four p.m. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, another old Big East game. Intriguing spot for Cincinnati. I would expect Pitt probably wins that one, and then the big one, Texas at Alabama, five p.m. Do the Longhorns pull the upset? Uh, the answer is absolutely not. Really, uh, last... I'm, I'm picking it. I think Texas is going to get it done. Mitch. I know you love the Big 12 in year one. I know you're wearing your Big 12 hat today, and this is first and 12, but this is dadgum Alabama. If this game were in Texas this year as opposed to the flop of last year, it was yeah. it was a very – was it a one-point game last yeah. year in, in Texas? And Quinn it, Ewers got hurt, as we all know. Right. I don't think that I, – I just haven't seen it yet from uh, from Texas necessarily. I know that they got the job done last week. I don't think Alabama is this, like, weird underdog that people are making <laughs> them right now. I don't like that. It's in Tuscaloosa, Bryant-Denny Stadium. I, I don't think that Texas is going to come out of this thing. Uh they're gonna they're gonna lose this thing by double digits. Ooh. I don't think it's gonna be a you know a sixty five to a seven situation, but I do think it's going to be like a thirty one twenty one type game for uh, for for Alabama. Another big game in the league: Texas Tech host Oregon, number fifteen. Any chance of a bounce back for the Red Raiders? You think? Um, you know, Oregon is interesting because they have so much to prove right now. But that is a bad week to get Texas Tech because they are fired up. If they had taken care of business and they were just kind of quote unquote rolling, Oregon is a good. Dang football team, but uh, I don't know. McGuire and his guys, 
who knows, that that loss last week might have them absolutely questioning kind of everything and then going in there wanting to beat the world on this thing. But it is in Lubbock. I mean, Tyler a, rare, a, rare, a rare trip for a, a team like Oregon to go to Texas Tech and Lubbock. And, uh, but I still think Oregon gets that one. We'll have a lot to talk about next week, obviously, with this one as well. UCF at Boise on the blue. That's an intriguing one. Houston goes at Rice. Nichols at TCU. And then a future Big 12 matchup, Oklahoma State at Arizona State. In the nightcap, a great week of Big 12 action. You'll hear BYU and Southern Utah extended pregame beginning at 9 and then kick off at 1 o'clock. All week long on the KSL Sports Zone on KSL News Radio, Mitch Harper, Alex Curie on our respective stations, and then coming together every Sunday right here for first and 12. Mitch, good effort on this first. Great one. stuff, Alex. Love it. Will you get me one of those Big 12 hats? I will. Appreciate I'll call it. Brett. <laughs> See what's going. My boss, Brett Yormark. <laughs> for Mitch Harper, Alex Curie, thanks for being with us. Download the podcast, First and 12, wherever you find your uh, your podcasts. And so for Mitch, I'm Alex. All, uh, all sorts of help that we've gotten this week uh, from a lot of people across the board. So we say thanks to them. And we'll be back again right around the corner, right here on First and 12.